Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. And welcome, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome our guest today, Brian Matamore. How are you, Brian? I'm, I'm good, Dan. Thanks for having me. Appreciate being here. My pleasure. Brian, why don't you tell the audience a little, a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I, I run a 20-year-old innovation agency. It's called Growth Engine. It's based in Westport, Connecticut. We, we tend to work with mid, medium and large-sized companies uh, on innovation projects and certainly new products, but also... Uh, you know, creative cost cutting, supply chain, any, anything where they're looking for a new idea, they companies will, will often call us. And then we also do, quote, creativity and ideation training. Cool. And you've written a couple of books. Tell us about those. Uh, yeah, I've actually written 33% more than a couple of books. I've written three <laughs> <laughs> and, and contributed to a fourth. And I've got three more in the pipeline here. Yeah, I mean, the first one was 99% inspiration. That was for Amacom. And uh, I was actually asked to write that book, if you can believe it, the old days, because I had uh, established somewhat of a media presence as an expert in ideation uh, and create creative thinking, brainstorming, innovation. And so I had appeared in different uh, magazines, and I was contacted by an editor at Amacom to write that book. Um, and then the other books, uh, uh, Idea Stormers was the one that came out um, a few years back, and that was... Uh, my 100-page proposal was successful in getting that with Wiley Josie Bass. And then the, the most recently one published one is 21 Days to a Big Idea. That's with Diversion. And um, my agent was able to sell that without my writing a proposal. So there's a, a, a breadth of, of how these books uh, came to be. Cool. We're going to go deeper into each of those ideas about how to get an agent and how to write a proposal. But first, you shocked me in the green room by saying you don't actually like to write books. Tell us, tell us about that. Well, you know, I've gotten actually to the point where I kind of like it now. But when I first started out, oh, my God, it was brutal. You know, I, do I want to watch the Mets game or the Giants game, which can also be brutal. But uh, but the answer was no, I'd rather not be writing here. And um, so the my the first book, oh, my God, I had such emotional challenges. Uh, we can get into that if you want. But but the way I, I, I got the way I wrote that book, there were two tricks I used. Number one, I signed a contract. So therefore, I had to write it. I didn't have a choice. Otherwise, I never would have written it because it's hard. And then secondly, I didn't write um, a book. I wrote really 35 articles because I said I know how to write an article. And, uh, you know, I, so I stitched those together, themed them under the, you know, 99% inspiration title. And that's, that's really how I, I was able to write my first book. And frankly, every book since then, you know, it was, it was kind of being forced to do it, frankly. Yeah, well, I love the idea of taking 35 articles because I tell people that you might already have a book written. It's just in your blog posts, your transcripts from your talks, your speeches, your programs, even your podcasts and such. So it all works together. You, you have lots of content so you can repurpose it or write something new, uh, as you, now, as you and, said. And, you know, the other advantage that people don't understand sometimes is that if you have a book like that, and all books are not obviously appropriate to that 
mechanism or vehicle. But um, I found that several, if not many, of those chapters were then excerpted into different magazines. And so, for instance, Across the Board magazine contacted me about the one of my chapters on guesstimating using a Fermi technique. And uh, that appeared in Across the Board uh, magazine. And then Reader's Digest then uh, reprinted it in their magazine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that was additional money. So that that's another advantage. It, it makes it uh, possible to promote sections of the book uh, by excerpting uh, the articles, if you will. Great idea. Uh, I've done about 100 of these episodes, and you're the first person to mention that. So uh, that's oh, pretty innovative. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I would expect that from you, uh, Mr. Idea Man. Uh, so what other struggles did you have in writing that you overcame? Well, you know, uh, one of the struggles was when I looked at the my, my first book on creative thinking and business, I looked around and there were a lot of these other books and I and I kind of said even though they accepted my proposal I was like what am I going to uniquely contribute here and that made me freeze up I'm like oh my gosh what am I going to do what am I going to do and uh, my my uh, editor called and said you know because you get a year to write these things generally she said how you doing and you know normally I, I wouldn't have lied but I, I would have said something cliche oh I'm doing fine but I was honest with her I said you know I'm freaking out. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And she said, you know, well, listen, this is your book. And and you just need to, you know, you have the freedom to write what you want. And just come get back to me when you've thought about that. And it was weird. But that psychological freedom that she offered me, I was then off and, off and running in terms of the writing. And so I, I thank her every day for giving me that freedom. You think I'm the writer. I have the freedom. But I, I was trying to. Uh, I guess sort of uh, appeal or, or, or be a certain way in my professionalism. And, and as soon as she allowed me to think about my, what my unique contribution could be and my unique voice, all of a sudden I was off and writing. Perfect. I love that. You know, you are one of the people uh, who I'm interviewing who is not interested in self-publishing. Uh, tell us about your experiences with publishers. Well, you know... I, the presumption is that, um, or my bias is that publishers will do a fantastic job of editing your book. <laughs> they'll probably only do a fair job on your cover, and they'll do an absolutely lousy job on promoting it. You know, mm -hmm. so my 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 recommendation is assume they'll do nothing in the promotion and marketing side, and if then they do anything, you'll you'll be happy. Uh, so, you know, I I've always wanted the credential of a you know, a major house for my book titles. But, of course, that's changed now. And um, I'm actually embarking on a self-publishing uh, project uh, with a McKinsey cult, uh, consultant. On uh, This will be on innovation centers around the world. And so we're going to do that together, and we'll self-publish it. So it's uh, much like the rest of the world. I'm going uh, to be both publishing with major guys and self-publishing. Wonderful. Um... You also got an agent. Uh, I've heard that it's just as hard to get an agent as it is to get a publisher. In fact, many agents act many agents act as gatekeepers, and the publishers won't talk to you unless you have an agent. So, how would you suggest people get an agent today? Yeah, I uh, and I agree. I, I've heard those stories as well. The way I got an agent, and this is what I would recommend: 
you know, forget about the slush pile, forget about sending stuff. You've got, in my opinion, and this is particularly hard now, um, you want to figure out a way to somehow meet them and, 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 and have them get to know you. In my case, and this was many years ago, I got my agent because I took a class on how to write a book proposal. And the uh, agent was teaching that class. Uh, this was like an adult ed class. And she started the, the class by saying, by the way, guys, uh, I am full up. I'm not taking any new clients, so don't even talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, okay. And I wasn't looking for an agent, really. But, uh, but then on, on breaks and at lunch, we'd talk. And she'd say, wow, that's really interesting, your views on creativity. Um, maybe I could represent you. And I said, sure, absolutely. Let's have you represent me. So another friend of mine got an agent because he went to the, the conferences and he just followed this uh, agent around and he presented who he was. And they'll generally say, wow, that's interesting. Hopefully it's interesting. You know, send me your stuff. But the point is you need to make some personal connection, whether it's through contacts or friends of friends. Uh, I, I would say you're probably 10 times more likely to get an agent that way than just sending it over the transom. Not that it couldn't work that way, but gosh, I really think to make that personal connection is what it's all about. Great advice. Uh, I know there are Writer's Digest conferences where you can actually book time with agents. Uh, you might have to pay a nominal extra fee, you say 15 or $25, to meet with uh, one agent. But it does give you 15 minutes to tell your story, and they get to see what you look like and what you sound like and make a personal connection. So it's great advice. Um, what about proposals? What do you think about proposals today? Um, gosh, I, I, I spent probably three or four months writing the proposal for idea stormers. And, um, you know, I used the book, how to write a nonfiction book proposal because the first book I was asked to write. So, but I, I wanted to see what it was like going through the entire process. So I went through that book, you know, did each second section, what's your marketing plan, what's your platform, et cetera, et cetera. And what's the comp- competitive books and all that? And my proposal for that was like 90 pages. I mean, oh my gosh, it was ridiculous. To my agent's credit, uh, both my agents, they uh, they kept pushing me and say, well, what about this? What about this? By the time we were done, we would we knew that that would sell. And we had several publishers interested in it. Um, they were going to do an auction for the book and turn, you know who would publish it and the advance. By the way. This is a secret. <laughs> My agents, they were really smart. Instead of doing an auction, they said, give us your best uh, advance uh, fee. And if they had done an auction, it would have been less because, you know, the first one might, you know, it said eight grand and the second one said 25 grand, and et cetera. So, uh, so it was smart not to do an auction. It was just give us your best uh, price uh, in terms of the advance. And then, of course, that wasn't the only reason I went with a specific publisher, but, uh, but, um, but, but, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's one of the values of having an agent, right? I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about an agent. My agents, um, we signed the, the contract to do my Idea Stormers book, and I said, great, when do they send the money? I'm just curious. And they said, oh, that'll be two months. I'm like, what are you talking about? They said, well, we have to go through every line of the contract and negotiate every single line of the contract to our satisfaction. And so, therefore, we won't get the advance for a couple months. And I said, boy, oh, boy, that 15% I'm paying the agent, this paid for itself 10 times over. You know, because they're foreign rights and they're, 
et cetera, et cetera, right? It, it's audio rights, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, gosh, I, I can't say enough about my agents in particular. Great advice. You know, uh, I've had uh, agents and book contracts with Wiley as well. And I tell you, when I had my first book proposal or the first book contract, I was afraid to make any changes in the contract. I, I thought that they would reject me out of sight. And uh, my agent told me, no, I mean, this is like a landlord's agreement. Everything is written in their favor. And they know what they're going to give in on and they know what they're going to stand firm on. And that's what the agents do. They they get the best deal for you. So definitely worthwhile. Um, fantastic. Um, you know, a lot of people self-publish a book. And I'm wondering, should they write a proposal too? Because I've heard people say that a book proposal is like your business plan for a book. But it's a lot of work too. Would you suggest that self-published authors also write a business plan or a, a book, book, book proposal? Um, yeah, I don't know if it has to be, quote, formalized as a plan, but you really got to know what you, what you want to do, right? I mean, you, you have to very, you know, I, I would recommend before writing the book, you know, be clear about what the title is. Uh, I mean, the title is one of the hardest things. Obviously, you want to have outlined the chapters. You want to have in your mind a promotion plan for the book. You you know who you might uh, co-market it with, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't need that it know that it needs to be formalized in terms of you know the words and you know dotting the i's, et cetera. But gosh, I would really make sure that you have all those things figured out. Otherwise, I think you're going to waste a tremendous amount of time both in the writing and then ultimately in the promotion. By the way, if you didn't do that. Or, or let's put it positive. If you do do that, you may decide, you know, there's there may not be a market for this book, and maybe I shouldn't write it. Or conversely, as you work through, you you may you may get so excited that that energy will carry you through in terms of the you know the ultimate blockages, you know, the inevitable blockages you'll get in the writing process. Uh, I love the spin on that. That's great. Uh, you mentioned the title uh, being that so tough to do. You you have pretty interesting titles. How did you come up with your title? Uh, well, the the first one, um, I you, you know you can set it, you can set goals. Uh, I call it a success footprint, and you can write down all the criteria that you want that title to fulfill. You know, I want it short. I want it to be unique. I want it, and, and it can even be negative. You know, I don't want the word light bulb in the title, or I don't <laughs> want the word creativity or whatever. It, it, I might want it concrete. And so, ninety nine percent inspiration. My first book. You know, I just thought that was a fun play, obviously, on the uh, the Edison quote. Um, but I knew it would be different. And then, by the way, you can handle the book content in the tagline, right? You know, uh, tips, tales, and techniques for liberating your business creativity, right? Or idea stormers, how to lead teams into, you know, create breakthrough ideas, etc. cetera. Um, so I think one of the mistakes some authors make is they try to get everything in the in the title uh, when they should realize that the subtitle can carry that through. You know, you look at Malcolm Gladwell's books, you know, blink. I mean, it's one word, right? Um, but you can you can handle the heavy lifting in some ways in the in the subhead, in my opinion. Great idea. I love that one. Uh, you mentioned market research. Uh, how do you, what kind of market research can you do to see if people want to buy your book or your, if your yeah, topic is relevant? Um, the, the olden days, it's when you were drinking heavily at the cocktail parties. <laughs> now, I, you know, it's I, I'm a big, huge believer because of our innovation experience. Uh, 
of talking to consumers and customers in the world. And so, you know, you think you, you know, think about a joke. You think you have this great joke. You go tell some people and they don't laugh, right? I mean, it's the same thing with, with your book. I mean, you know, you go out, you start talking to people. Now, this is to make sure you know, a lot of people talk about their books and that creates energy. That takes away energy and so they never write it. That's not what I'm talking about. When you've committed to writing the book, then it's a good time and maybe you even sketched out the whole thing, et cetera. That's a good time to say, you know, what do you think of this? Or is that interesting or not? And you'll know really, really quickly, even if they're friends, based on their, you know, reaction, could be body language, et cetera, you'll know very, very quickly if you've really, really got something or not. The other thing, too, is that, you know, as, as a lot of books become more niche, right, you know, and more targeted and more directed, Obviously, you want to, you know, you want to go talk to some of those people. Um, and I wouldn't be worried about people stealing your ideas either. Just, you know, go talk to people uh, because the ins another way to think of it is not only will you get reaction to your ideas, but you'll get a whole bunch of new ideas of stuff. Gosh, I never thought of that. Thank you for that. And you'll ultimately get a much, 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 much better book uh, by talking to it. Just like when we do new product work, you know, we'll talk to dozens and dozens and dozens of different prospective consumers and they'll tell us exactly what they think and, and that'll help us get you know winning propositions fantastic i have one more question for you before we wrap it up since you're a creativity kind of guy uh what would you uh advise people to do when they have the dreaded writer's block or if they just uh, start flagging in their energy how can they get energized again to write their book Oh, gosh, I have so many ideas on this. Um, one of them is is to go talk to people. So you go from an inflow and you create your own mental boxes, right? And that's how, that's why you've got writer's block in some ways. So one is to go uh, talk to people. One is to go read outside of the area, if you're talking nonfiction, read outside of your area as a way to maybe get inspiration, Right. You can also read about, you know, I've actually read a lot about uh, writer's block and how people get get over that. Um, you know, another one is having signed a contract. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to go and, and you don't have a choice and you'll push yourself through it. And, and I guess the final recommendation would be, you know, maybe you can somehow make something visual. And, and if you can uh, either draw, start drawing your ideas or doing a magazine rip and wrap or collage, and as odd as that may sound, changing mental modalities um, can often uh, break through some of the writing blocks, uh, the writing blocks that you may have. That's a wonder. Those are wonderful ideas. Uh, very, very good. Thank you. Uh, so, Brian, tell us who is your perfect client and how can they get in touch with you? Uh. Well, there, there are two kinds of perfect clients. One uh, would be, and, and these tend to be medium and large size organizations in general. Um, you know, if they have an innovation project, and that could certainly be, you know, new products, but it could be creative cost cutting, it could be strategy, it could be logistics, it could be anything where they're looking uh, for for a new idea. And then the second thing is we do do sort of organizational uh, consulting where we work with organizations to teach their people to design the processes and teach their people how to be more innovative and creative. And I got to say that is so much fun uh, because there are very few deliverables. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, but you know, it, it, we do action learning. So people bring in real world challenges. We help them come up with ideas 
and, and they learn the processes. But I got to say, um, it's so much fun when you see the light bulb go on in people and they rediscover their own creative, uh, really creative genius at, at times. And so, so those would be the two kind of clients that would be really fun to work with. And how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so they can just growth-engine.com is, uh, is our website. They can obviously Google my name. There's a, a TEDx talk out on there on solving impossible challenges. But, um, and I, you know, geez, should I give my number out here? I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> no Web, okay. Websites are good. Okay, good. We'll do the website. We'll leave it at that. Great. That's great. Yeah. Thank you for being with us today, Brian. Thanks a lot. It's fun. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.